You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are having straightforward, honest conversations about what goes on behind closed doors and in your house. Which that could be any variety of things, right? <laughs> Since we live in our houses pretty much full time specific, um, yes. right now, unless you're in parts of the world or country where things are trying to open back up, mm-hmm. um, we wish you safety and health mm-hmm. and wisdom on wherever you might be. <laughs> yeah, be smart. Uh, because this is still strange times, unprecedented. And what are the next steps? What's the right thing? We just hope that uh, you get opportunities to steal away a little bit of time with your spouse. And we love it when you steal a little bit of a time away to listen to us at Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah, join us. And the way you can do that is uh, all kinds of different avenues that the show's on with... Um, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher. There's a bunch of different ways. And if you do listen as part of the SMR Nation, uh, we ask in return, rate and review, leave a comment, spread the word, help people know that married sex is the hotbed for sex. Because that's what we're hoping to have happen uh, in your neck of the woods and in your home and in your relationship. Right. So a couple things that come to my mind real quick, Pam. Um, first off, as we are talking through um, at this week here, the first part of May, mm-hmm. um, Happy Mother's Day mm-hmm. week. Yeah, Happy Since, Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah, it, it, this is the weekend in yeah. uh, in the states. Is it a worldwide thing? I think it's just a Hallmark thing here in the states. Oh, but... look at you taking on the Hallmark world. Well, it's not bad to honor things, right? Not at all. I usually take that stance with with Valentine's Day. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. We both do, but still, it's it's good to recognize and honor. Absolutely. So to all the mothers in the SMR Nation, uh, happy Mother's Day this weekend. I hope that is a fabulous time. And to you, my beloved wife, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Coming up. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm looking forward to... Having the weekend and and being able to celebrate that day with you. Yeah, me too. Should be a lot of fun. And secondly, um, I don't know what, however, people might have been spending their time um, with quarantine and and isolation Mm -hmm. and social distancing and just kind of the the way the world has been transitioning right now. But we had an email, uh, this is about a month and a half ago from a new listener Mm -hmm. that has just found the SMR Nation. And she's actually gone back to episode one and is working her way through. And I love it because just this past week, I got an email from her asking if we had bumper stickers still. Oh, my goodness. Which was from years ago. Yeah, that was like Gina or... That was with Shannon. Early on with Shannon. Yeah, that was about midpoint through when the getaways were just getting started. So this was probably four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, "I, I realize timing of this is probably a little... Not right, but maybe you still have some bumper stickers, and I'm just curious if you still have any more, you mm-hmm. know, because she's been one that I've loved as as she's emailed throughout the her journey through the archives. She started our first email with, um, "Hey Corey and Gina," 
and right, then right. has moved into <laughs> with Shannon and then was, hey, stay tuned. My wife is going to be on, on, on board. <laughs> <laughs> She's what? Coming up soon. So uh, I love the binge listeners. That We love it when they find SMR and just go all the way through the archives, which that's quite a feat. Mm-hmm. In today's mm-hmm. with with the amount of resources and shows and just the sheer volume yeah. of content that's, that's out there. That's a lot of time. And so to all of the binge listeners and anybody else that's just regularly taking some time out with SMR Nation, we're so glad that you're here. And we hope that uh whatever it is that we're steering, um, you help jump on board and let us know what you think. Two one four seven oh two nine five six five. It's where you can call and leave a voicemail or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. It's where you can leave us emails. And that's where you ask your question, um, bring out the topic you want us to cover, or let us know what, what you need. And we want to try to help steer this where it will help you. This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, a company that's all about personal health testing, working to make healthcare and health screening open and patient-led for everyone. Go to TryLGC dot com forward slash smr that's t-r-y-l-g-c dot com forward slash smr and use the code smr20 at checkout to save 20 percent today so coming up on today's regular free version of sexy marriage radio pam is an interview i had with dr margaret rutherford and so today's episode will be kind of interesting because we're steering away in some regards from just talking about sex in our sex life Mm mm-hmm because Dr. Rutherford has a book out called Perfectly Hidden Depression. It's how to break free from the perfectionism that masks your depression. Hmm. And so she's coming up with this idea of, of seeing how perfectionism, and this is really, the interview talks about her own journey with this. Okay. Um, and dealing with anxiety and depression and realizing perfectionism is actually a covering trait hmm. of depression. Hmm. And identity. You totally see that. And worth. And and it was a fascinating dialogue to have. And so in the regular version today, um, we're just talking about what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there's no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com. Uh, Dr. Margaret Rutherford and I continue the conversation, but we start looking at some of the characteristics that she has found that are markers of... Um, perfectionism and markers of where this could start to be a problem in your life. And this is not a diagnostic tool. She's very clear about that. But it is something to help get an understanding of, wait, there's other ways I could be doing this. And it was such a fun conversation to have. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And so I'm I'm hoping that the SMR Nation understands and gets, gets the insight of, Okay, how does this play out in my life? Because I think we all, in some way, shape, or form, are perfectionists, and maybe we're going. We could go a little bit too far on that scale, mm-hmm. and we miss some things. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way to just look at it through a little bit of a different lens. Yeah, looking forward to it. So all that's coming up on today's show. Well, joining me today for the episode of Sexy Marriage Radio uh, is Dr. Margaret Rutherford. And she has a book. I love the title of your book. Thank uh, you. Perfectly Hidden Depression, How to Break Free from the Perfectionism that Masks Your Depression. Uh, so I'm, I'm thinking we got a lot we can talk about, 
but I nobody, so. yeah, but nobody talks, nobody's dealing with perfectionism in the SMR nation. So uh, <laughs> a lot of people probably just skip this episode, Margaret. No, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Well, move on, move on. <laughs> but you and I will have a good conversation because <laughs> we could, we could talk about it. So Margaret, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm delighted. Thanks for having me. And it seems like the obvious first question to just start the conversation with you is, how did you come up with this kind of a connection? Because as as clinicians in the field, anxiety and depression is one of the main stalwarts of, it's rampant in a lot of people, and it's going to be even more exacerbated with what's going on in our world right now. Oh, you betcha. It's going to magnify things, as the prediction and all the research is showing. But how did you come into the idea of perfectionism being a component of this? Well, basically, Corey, I had worked with several people over the years, in fact, many, who just didn't fit into that rubric of classic depression, especially when they first presented. And what I really noticed was that they could not, they could not express painful emotion. They would deny, discount, oh, I, you know, what happened to me isn't as bad as what happens to other people, or I just don't like to get into that. It's, it's in the past or whatever happens to be. And as I was sitting down just to write my normal blog post, I started thinking about these folks one of whom had actually attempted suicide and I actually found her and that story's in the book and she's alive because I found her, which was a dramatic story, but it's true. Um, anyway, I started thinking about these people and the, the title just kind of came to me. The perfectly hidden depressed person. Are you one? Yeah. And that's the blog post I wrote. Yeah. And I was describing what these people were like and, you know, at that time, back in 2014, oh, if I got 50 shares, I was on a roll. You know, <laughs> I get I it. Doing, I totally I get it. Yep. You know, my mother was deceased, so I knew it wasn't her. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so um, anyway, I, it went viral. Okay. And I was just, wow. and then at the, at the time I was writing for the Huffington Post and yep. what I forgot, Corey, was that I had left my email on the bottom of the post when I submitted it to the Huffington Post. Right. I got hundreds right. of emails. So that went, that went out worldwide in a sense. Yes, it that, did. Okay. And so I started researching about what's out there, right. either in the popular literature or the professional literature about perfectionism and depression. And you know, perfectionism had been seen as a problem for a long time. And of course there was Dr. Brene Brown's work who is astounding. Yep. And, but she, even she probably, I would guess, I don't, I don't know her, so I would love to ask her, but you know, she's a researcher. So she didn't make the direct connection between perfectionism hiding or masking or cloaking, however you want to say, or being the strategy in order to, uh, push away, stuff away, suppress, whatever the words you want to use, depression okay. and trauma and painful emotions. So I, I've i never really wanted to write a book. I'd never planned to write a book. I love being a therapist. I was, you know, that's what I wanted to do, but right. I was encouraged and kept writing about it and thinking about it and thinking about the traits that people have that I'd seen. And then I kind of came up with this syndrome and by yeah. darn, it's a book. <laughs> well, <laughs> and and that's what, that's what I love about um, the field in a sense that, you know, people are so quintessentially unique. Yeah, but there's still so much overlap in commonality, right? right on exactly. on a human existence, there's a lot of similarity across across the globe. 
Oh, yes. And and so I love the idea that the field can can bring in a nuance to to understand something that mm-hmm. maybe has been always understood a certain way, but it's limiting. Because if you think of the classic depressed person, what comes to my mind and my experience with clients is, is that, despre- that that depressive vortex that happens, exactly. right? Of I feel down, so I don't go out. And then I feel down because I'm not going out. And then I feel down because I feel down. And then I feel down. And, you know, and it's just. And then this, I feel guilty for feeling down. <laughs> add to it. Yep. And, <laughs> but uh, the idea of what if perfectionism is masking something. Exactly. That's huge because that's a whole different way to start looking at, okay, what's going on? Because tell me if I'm wrong with the way you think of life, Margaret. Um, we all have vices and things we're used for covering. Oh, you and betcha. Just when they go humor, to an ex- Humor is one of mine. To- mine too. That We went to the same school apparently. Um, <laughs> Uh, except mine comes out of sarcasm, which a lot of times isn't always uh, a good thing. No, I'm, um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> but but it's seeing it as, okay, if I go to an extreme, that's where I start having major issues. But sure. finding at least the courage to be honest about, yeah, I do this. And perfectionism is a part of my story. But what do yeah. I do with it, I guess, is, is, an, is the next step. How do I recognize it? And what's my next step after that? Right. Let me share with you. I I had the wonderful experience of having about, oh gosh, at least about 70 or 80 people actually reached out to me. I was asking people to volunteer to talk with me yeah. and if, if, if they identified with this. And so sure enough, uh, I, I had to filter out some people because I didn't really think they fit. But there were about 50, 55 people that I did interviews, about two hour interviews with. And so many of them had finally gotten so lonely and so despairing, or they had some other kind of problem that had to do with control, like panic attacks or uh, eating disorders or addictions or or something that they would come in or they were having problems in their relationships, probably. And um, so anyway, they wanted to talk to me. And um, what they said was, even when they went for treatment, that they fell through the cracks. Right. That they just were told you're overworked, you're exhausted, um, you 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 have too much, you worry too much. Right. There's a logical um, explanation that's ultimately dismissive. And and just go home and rest. Here's a benzodiazepine, you know, exercise. Yeah. And and one guy told me the story. He said, three weeks after I filled out the Beck depression inventory and scored like a charm on that sucker, you know, I Three weeks later, I tried to kill myself, and the psychiatrist who I'd seen actually came to my hospital room, and he said, but you didn't say anything about being depressed, and the man looked at him and said, you didn't ask me the right questions. Okay. The, right question, the right question would not be, for me, for people like me, would not be, "Will you ever? do you ever feel hopeless? Because right. I'm going to say no. Right. The question could be, would you admit it if you ever felt hopeless? <laughs> I might still say no, right? But then you would get a chance to tune in right. to what's going on with me, right? I thought that was a really good story, right? Because you're talking about a deeper, because this is that whole threshold we all have as humans, in, in, in my experience, that um, there are lines I will not cross if I'm asked. Yeah, you know, I'll cover yeah. a lot of things, but if the right opportunity, question, pointedness, straightforwardness from somebody presents itself right that's when it's likely i would you you know what you're right you know what yes that is true yep and 
and that's that's kind of calling on the best in people, I guess you could sure. say, to yeah, I think that's to really speak it. up and 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 own and honor. Yep, this is my experience. This is my well, existence. hopefully also in a in a supportive therapeutic relationship, even if it's in the first or second session. Right, you create the kind of environment where somebody will risk saying something like that. Right, and because, gosh, may, maybe does this person maybe can they tell something about me that I have hidden from everybody else. And all of a sudden I walk in their <laughs> right. room and they're going, well, you know, are you, sh- you sure you would say anything about me? <laughs> so, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that idea of how uh, there's so much of a commonality among us as humans. Cause I hear this from uh, episodes that we've done and the, just the work I do of when people are, when we're talking, they're like, I've went around my house looking for the cameras. Because what you're talking about is exactly what's going on with me, right? Yeah. It's, 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 you're nailing it perfectly. And right. we'll be back with more of our conversation right after this. Across the globe, men's healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50% in the last 40 years. Hormonal imbalances and reduced testosterone levels are becoming commonplace in modern male health. What are the symptoms of a hormonal imbalance, you may ask? Low energy or fatigue, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive, anxiety, brain fog, and even having a hard time making decisions. This is scary stuff, and it's often misdiagnosed, and it needs to change. I'd like to introduce you to our sponsor, Let's Get Checked, a company with the mission to make professional health testing easily accessible. Their fast, affordable, and always confidential at-home male hormone test kits help members of the SMR Nation take measured approach to their health and measure their male hormone levels from the comfort of their own home. Even better, new Let's Get Checked customers get 20% off by going to trylgc.com forward slash SMR and using the code SMR20. That's trylgc.com forward slash SMR with the code SMR20. Here's how it works. First, you go to trylgc.com forward slash SMR. Choose your test online, and it's delivered to you in discrete packaging. Activate the test and collect your sample in the morning. Return your sample using a prepaid shipping label provided. Let's Get Checked Laboratories are CLIA approved, which is the highest ranking level of accreditation. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results are available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they're reviewed by a physician. A nurse is also going to contact you for a consultation over the phone, providing you with care from diagnosis to treatment without ever having to go to a doctor's office or laboratory. This isn't just for men who think they're in a funk. All men should be testing their hormonal levels on a regular cadence. Get 20% off at trylgc.com forward slash SMR with the code SMR20. Again, that's trylgc.com forward slash SMR with the code SMR20. What are you waiting for? Getting tested is the responsible next step to take. I'm just curious because I know a lot of people are going to hear this and go, yeah, I battle perfectionism, right? Mm-hmm. But is is there a delineation of... You betcha. Of uh, you uh, betcha. Like, like a scale almost or a continuum <laughs> on this? Well, there are, which we can talk about in the extended version of this one, whichever you, you desire. But I put together 10 traits because this is not a diagnosis. It's a syndrome. Okay. okay? Like... Co- Dependence is a syndrome. You just, it's the behaviors and beliefs that are found together often like salt and pepper. Right. So, you know, I'm still learning 
you know, and I, I probably would change this list a little bit, not substantially, but um, I'm still learning. But um, what I wanted to remind people of was that, you know, perf- or what I want to say now is perfectionism in and of itself is a character trait that can be very helpful at times. Sure. Uh, it's about wanting to do something extremely well, maybe even flawlessly. Sure. And so you take pride in that and you get kudos for that and you get a promotion for that. And <laughs> you know, right. there, are a lot, there are a lot of good things that can happen. But this kind of perfectionism isn't fueled by some sort of innate desire to do well. It's fueled by a constant critical shaming voice right. that says, you better do this because you're not valuable any other way. And every time you keep doing more and more and more, it's what a lot of researchers call socially prescribed perfectionism, meaning that you you are constantly on this treadmill of having to meet everyone's expectations, including your own. Right. But the trick is... The expectations, it's like the treadmill is going faster and faster and faster. The expectations grow and grow and grow. How many times has someone who raised $10,000 for a nonprofit, you know, they were chair of the fundraiser, and he or she got told, wait, we can't wait for you to do this next year. We'll make even more money, (laughs) you know, or you're at your job and you do something really well and bang, you know, we're going to count on you to do this next time. And, you know, so we can't believe you did it in three days. Maybe we can do it in two. It's that kind of thing that perfectionists are going to hear. And all of a sudden, because of some of the other traits, they have to, they have to um, meet those, um, those expectations. Right. Because you're describing it's, it's, it's a close tie to our identity and, and even our identity we don't feel good about <laughs> there's right. there's a shame or a negative connotation to it right that that then now i'm actually um I, the word that comes to my mind is now i'm actually posing in my life i'm playing a role in my life uh-huh. to, to, to hide me to you know to right. hide because i'm well, afraid that won't be seen well or accepted or i mean there's a lot of different things probably that come with it because there's even trauma that fits into this. Sure. Of course. Well, you know, people have asked me what causes this. And, um, I, I, all in the book, they're just, I don't know, there may be 30 or 40 stories of people of how they develop this. So there are lots of ways right. to the roads to Rome, as they would say. Right. But in Arkansas, we have lots of ways around the barn. So <laughs> <laughs> same, same but, thing, <laughs> same thing. Um, but the, but what I believe, and I'm sure you see this in your work too, is that, we as children are born into certain situations. Some of us are lucky enough and we're born into really loving, great ones, caring ones, supportive ones. But there are many of us who are not born into those kinds of families. And either we have alcoholic parents or we have abuse and trauma, or we have a very enmeshed relationship with a parent that they pull us into their world and sort of expect us to be super, um, they're super confidant or yep. they're super kid yep. or we, you know, there are lots of things that can be happening. And so you come up with a strategy at that point. And for these folks, that strategy was to use accomplishment to feel valuable and yeah. to, that was their strategy. Yeah. And what has happened is they has, they have brought that strategy into adulthood. And it turns out that it, it's, it's got a lot more problems in adulthood. Right. Then it did. It worked. It kept you sane. It kept right. you um, emotionally stable right. as, as you could be as a kid. But 
as an adult, it's going to cause problems. And in fact, you know, one of the questions I asked those interviewees was obviously, um, why did you reach out to me? And Corey, they would say to a T, they would say something that sounded exactly like this. They would say, I don't want anybody else to live the life I've lived. Yeah. It's lonely. Yeah. It's despairing. I've come close. If I haven't already tried to die by suicide, I've come close. And I don't want anybody else to be that way and not even know right. what's going on. Right. So how does this then, in your experience and view... What happens with this in a context of a relationship, a marriage? You know, how, yeah. because that's the whole, you know, we have a belief here at, at, at Sexy Marriage Radio that you can't hide in marriage, right? Yeah. If you live in close proximity to anybody else, <laughs> you're, you're known, good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if your, your uh, spouse has blinders on and assumes the best, there's still things that maybe you can't put your finger on to exactly name it. But right. there's still something that's like, oh, yeah, that's just them. That's just who they are. They're just a perfectionist. They're just, you know, whatever. So exactly. how do you see this that plays out from the people you've talked to and the experience? How does this impact marriage? You know, let me tell a quick story. I have panic disorder. I developed it in my late 20s. and But I appear very comfortable and extroverted so much of the time. Gotcha. And these people that we tailgate with, for some reason, one day, um, I decided to share with this guy that I had anxiety. And his immediate response to me was, you, you got to be kidding. Right. And that's what happens a lot to these folks. Right. Okay. Even if they do try to be a little vulnerable. In relationships, um, I think a lot of times they are attracted to people who also want to stay a little more superficial okay. and that they will pick someone who is building the perfect looking life themselves. And they're just like Ken and Barbie or so they could just, Beyonce they and, could just you know, slot right into the script, right into the script. Okay. And so, you know, um, that's one scenario. Another, I think, fairly common scenario is for an overfunctioner like someone with perfectly hidden depression to select an underfunctioner. Of course. The underfunctioner would really dig. Yep. That you'd get everything done and you do it all. And now I'm just going to kind of slide along. Yep. Um, another kind of relationship that this person might be attracted to is one with a narcissist. Okay. Where a narcissist is going to want you to pour a lot of yourself into them. Right. And then will actually be abusive toward you, which if you have any of that trauma in your past, will keep you yep. um, really tied in and connected into the relationship. But there is a fourth kind. And actually, these are the folks I hear from. Okay, Folks I hear from are spouses who say, or par committed partners who say, I know that my wife or my husband has this. I can see it. When their best friend moved away, they acted like nothing happened. When our when um, their mother died, I never saw them cry. Right. And how do I help them? And these are people who really do see it. Right. They don't know what to call it. Right. They see it and they sense it and they're trying to reach their partner. And someone with perfectly hidden depression will not let them in. Okay. So I guess to that, the best of their ability. No, no absolutely, and and uh, we all are capable of that, of yeah. of not letting someone in, <laughs> right? right. But, well, they can go in so far, right? And now the interesting thing is that almost everybody I've treated has had no problems with anger with their spouse. Sure, anger is something that, especially if it's about control, yep, that these folks really say. Um, 
yeah, I can get angry. All right. Because I'm not in charge or I'm yeah. not in control or you're making me anxious, but it is very hard for them to be really vulnerable. And I do that to your, to your statement a few minutes ago, I think the person sees it. They're yearning for a closer relationship, right? They just don't, they don't know whether to blame themselves. Did they, you know, what's going on? Right. They, they, cause I, I have the belief that anger oftentimes is a covering emotion, even in the best sure. of circumstances, there's other things in there. Because Eve, anger is just a socially acceptable way to show it, <laughs> because a lot of people don't handle frustration, fear, uncertainty, you know, disappointment, all no. these things well, because it just feels different. And so therefore, I'll just channel it this way. And that, oh, yeah. that's, that feels at least a pressure relief, but it's not an accurate one. Right, right. So I, I, I usually say things like, you know, we all have a, an emotion we're comfortable feeling. We're much more comfortable feeling anger or sadness or fear. So we'll sort of, like you said a few minutes ago, it's kind of like rain coming down a, a mountain. Right. It starts out as, as different raindrops. By the time it gets to the bottom of the mountain, it's all one rivulet, right? Yep. And it's entrenching itself as yep. a pattern into the, the ground. So I think we're just like that. We choose an emotion we're comfortable with and we just let all our emotions channel into that one. Yeah, that's, that's good. And so um, before we switch to talking about some of the characteristics sure. and I, we're not going to have time in the extended to go through all of them, but okay. <laughs> we'll talk about some of the main ones. Um, sure, of those are the people that are in the SMR nation that are, that you are speaking their language either to them or to their, uh, about their spouse. How can they sure. find you more? What's, what's, if they want to get, get your book uh, and I'll put all sure. this in the show notes, but how do people Perfect. find you, you, Margaret? Sure. My website's drmargaretrutherford.com. That has a very, you know, a, a very uh, original title. Straightforward. <laughs> it's, it's easy. Yep. The, the, the book is on Amazon. It's called Perfectly Hidden Depression, How to Break Free from the Perfectionism that Masks Your Depression. So it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It might not be at your bookstore, but they'll, they can order it for yeah. you. Or you can go to New Harbinger Publications and they, they will give you a discounted copy as well. Um, my, my podcast is the Self Work Podcast, S-E-L-F-W-O-R-K, with Dr. Margaret Rutherford. And I've been on for about three and a half years. And there are a lot of episodes on perfectly hidden depression as well as other things. Right. And then I, I have a Facebook page just like everybody else does and all that kind of thing. But those are the two major ways, DrMargaretRutherford.com and the Self Work Podcast with Dr. Margaret Rutherford. Margaret, thank you so much for sure. the time thus far with me today. Sure. And, and we uh, can talk about sex, too. Oh, that's that's where we're heading. That's a great tease for those that are not in the extended, um, because I can't, I mean, I'm already thinking this whole thing, not only does it play out in marriage, it's definitely going to play out in our sex lives, too. So, sure. Margaret, sure. thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to the next segment with you. Sounds great. One of the things I love, Pam, is that since Sexy Merge Radio has been around for so long, um, there's been a lot of voices that have been on this on the airways with us. Yeah, yeah. And and we get a chance to talk to a lot of different people and collaborate and just pick their brain. A lot of smart people, a lot of highly educated that bring so much to the table. Absolutely. And I love it when, um, because we've always had the tagline of how you do sex is how you do life and how you do mm -hmm. life is how you'll do sex. And I like it when we can steer into areas that 
It's going to impact our sex life, but that's not specifically what we're talking about because it matters. Well, that's so much of what I think we talk about here. I, I, I really don't think that this one was so far different than so many things that we talk about that really do. It's, it's life. It's how we do life and how all those things come around and affect every aspect of our marriage relationship. Absolutely, because in marriage, you are in close confines with everybody Yeah, that, that lives in your home and for sure with your spouse, and you can't hide. And so if there's something there, it can be an impact, either positive or negative, right. when it comes to your marriage and your sex life. And so um, if this spoke to you in today's show, and there's something that need, you need more or are curious about, check out Dr. Margaret's site. Um, Also, let us know. Mm -hmm. 214-702-9565. This is stuff that we can explore even further because Mm -hmm. we want to truly speak to what will help the people in the SMR nation live the best Mm -hmm. engaged, connected life that they can. Mm -hmm. We only get one shot at this. So let's make it what we can. That's right. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, Thank you again for each and every week that you take some time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.